cut the crest presents the screening room. Today, I've got this sort of kind of special uh, offshoot episode where uh, the lovely, lovely Daniel Gray has decided to join us, or rather I've managed to uh, convince him to join us. Hi, Daniel. Uh, you're right. Hey. Um, okay, so just a quick uh, uh, history, I guess, or background uh, info for the three listeners that I have, um, one of which is my grand. Uh, Daniel is, yeah, fine. So he's my nephew. So, uh, I could quite easily convince him to do this, but he wrote and performed the, uh, the theme tune to this very podcast called Xavier's Bounce, which was very lovely. Um, when I asked you to do this, I wasn't expecting that title to come along, which is, uh, in case you didn't, weren't aware, that's, uh, my son's name. And, uh, so this piece of music is in his honor, which is really sweet. Daniel, hello. Ah, uh, yeah. Welcome, welcome. Um, let's talk about. Well, this is the show is about you. Um, we're gonna play uh, the full theme uh, later on as well, and I've actually got an alternate cut which you recorded uh, professionally, which we'll we'll get into later on as well. So, Daniel, Daniel, please tell us about you. Who is Daniel Gray? Uh, well. I'm your nephew. Yes. This is a great honour. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so basically at the moment, I'm a jazz trumpeter, sort of freelance, studying at Trinity Laban Conservatoire, Music and Dance, which sounds nice. really posh. It is. Um, yeah. So I started playing trumpet when I was maybe sort of 10. But I remember I started on recorder, as everyone does. Right. And then... Um, I moved it. My dad bought me a clarinet because I used to love me and my brother used to watch SpongeBob all the time. And obviously, that's like, Squidward played the clarinet. So I was right. like, yeah, give me some of that. So I a clarinet. Oh my God. So your so career is due to SpongeBob SquarePants. You say this, I'm, I'm sitting on like a SpongeBob covered massive pillow as well. Like, oh I've never my lost goodness. that kind wow. of thing. <laughs> wow, that's so, incredible. Yeah, started on SpongeBob. And then uh, obviously, dad played the trumpet and stuff, and my oh. granddad played trombone and drums and things so I've always been kind of musical it's been yeah. important in the family uh my brother started playing trumpet and I was like oh, wow. oh I've got to get some of that because I had to one-up him I'm kind of, <laughs> taking it a bit far now you know it's like he's given up and I'm and I'm here like trying oh, to be a God. pro just like it's a bit rude <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing man yeah, yeah you just shunned you pushed him out poor guy yeah no he was always he was always really good though that's the yeah. thing like well, you know, he, if, he, if he pursued it he could have been incredible but who knows, man? Maybe I mean it's never too late, right? That's the key. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah. The creative uh, impulses they'll, they'll kick back in at some point. They're probably I'm sure those urges are still there, and uh, who knows, man? He'll, I'm sure it'll pick it back up, and then you guys can like form a super group. Yeah, the the generations band with all, with all the greys in it. <laughs> yeah, that would be incredible, man. Okay, so um, right, you 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 mentioned that you started on recording. Now look, I'm a I'm a complete dum dum when it comes to this stuff, right? I don't really understand it so can you explain what that means okay so rec- it wasn't recording it's like recorder you know, oh, like the right. little, the little oh 
Sorry, right, you mean the instrument. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. That's really how... Now I'm really showing how stupid I am. Plus, I'm deaf. Oh, right, okay, so you started on the recorder and then... So you moved up the chain, as it were, with the... Yeah, with you the move up the musical instrument. Right, okay. See, I never got past a triangle, man. Mate, the triangle's a noble instrument. It's like the icing on the cake, you know, it's the decoration. You need that right. little thing in there that's... Yeah, try... Try explaining that to my like infant school teachers, man. They're just like, uh, oh yeah, I forgot Rutvig's here. Um, here you can have the triangle. <laughs> just uh, you know, just just yeah. Just they don't appreciate the, the nuances of the triangle, man. Yeah, yeah they, they don't. just don't know what's about. They, yeah, you know, I could have been an amazing triangle player, but no. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, okay, so jazz is like very much a part of your life, huh? Yeah, all it is my life actually at the moment. That's amazing. Yeah. So. I mean, look, my my knowledge of jazz and stuff. I mean, I I love it um, as a form and stuff. And I used to go to bars when when I was in uh, Cardiff and even London to a degree. I used to go to these uh, bars and listen to the music and stuff. Not really quite understanding it. I'd studied a little bit of it um, at school from a history point of view. I understood a little bit about uh, the Harlem Renaissance and whatnot. So why don't we? With our, well, my limited knowledge anyway, um, let's talk about some of the roots of it, shall we, um, if we can. Mm. Now, so from what I remember, uh, so the end of the 1800s, um, the, you know, um, slavery was still rife in the US. We're talking about America yeah. here um, because that's the birthplace of jazz, right, from what I recall. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, because uh, slavery and whatnot was legal, and and you know there was all this uh, violence towards blacks apparently, and and not apparently, sorry, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, there was, right? yeah. was, yeah, definitely, and you know white yeah. supremacy was, um, yeah, the fact that white supremacy was legal, a, there was a mass sort of migration to up north, and a lot of people moved to Harlem in New York City, right? Yeah. So. And in the by the twenties, I guess, yeah, I think nineteen, I don't know about late teens, but certainly nineteen twenties, what I remember, sort of twenty two, twenty three. Um, there was this rebirth, uh, which is yeah. Renaissance uh, is Italian for rebirth, and um, and there was this sort of rebirth of uh, just the arts in general, right? So I remember Langston Hughes, I remember my old uni, put on a great. Uh, play about, I think it was about Langston Hughes anyway, um, who was a poet, um, but it was this mass sort of artistic uh, movement in the, in the fine arts and music in poetry uh, and all that stuff. And, and, it, and it was an African-American thing, right? This phenomenon. Yeah, um, now, in terms of the music, uh, do you know how it came about? Because I know, obviously, it's... About well, maybe not obviously, but you know, jazz uh, is improvisational. Yeah, right. That's the big thing about it is that a bunch of guys come together and they find this sort of uh, symbiosis and this harmony through just making shit up. Yeah, yeah. So, do you know? Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, yeah. So obviously, like, it comes from. It's it's almost like a morale boosting thing. Yeah, right, yeah. that is. So it comes from like the work fields and stuff and right. obviously coming across on slave ships when people were slaves to keep their spirits up because these people yeah. are being treated horrifically. Yeah. They would have kind of these work songs and um, 
they wanted they wanted to be able to you know feel like deal deal with the situation but not give up hope so it kind of starts with that kind of thing sort of like call and response and you know like one person leading and it keeps keep them in rhythm to keep going and you know just get the work done as well yeah but uh it sort of it comes from like originally blues music so these people would like sing the blues and like the, mm. the sort of the aesthetic of the blues is kind of sad and like but also it's it's not like downtrodden in terms of it's like hopeful as well at the same time so the idea was just to kind of like yeah we're going through some tough stuff but we're definitely gonna we're gonna get through it yeah and so after like the freeing of the slaves this kind of music got developed and became more to the forefront because it was incredible music because it's you know it speaks directly from the soul and that's kind of what for me jazz has definitely been all yeah. about that kind of speaking from the soul expressing yourself and expressing yeah how you feel so it came to like the 20s and sort of things are kind of coming out and yeah it was still kind of it wasn't a music that white people really got into until around the 20s it was sort of in kind of you know strip clubs and bars and things like that yeah down on the back burner so like louis armstrong yeah it's kind of at the forefront of that yeah um, and i think he stole his first trumpet as well <laughs> this is kind of funny in the board it but it's kind of all the instruments in it come from like sort of marching band right. instruments so like trumpets and drums and that. Um, yeah. yeah. And so this guy claims he invented jazz, Jelly Roll Morton. Yeah, yeah. Who I think he was a white dude, actually. Um, okay. But he was the first person to write anything down because it was all sort of improvised and taught through ear and stuff. Yeah. But um, you kind of have this sort of timeline of development where you started from like, obviously, field and work stones yeah. into the blues. And then into kind of swing music, which is kind of the 20s, which is all that yeah. kind of party dance floor stuff yeah, where, yeah, yeah. you know, we've got the economic boom and stuff. Everyone's yeah. really happy. Yeah. And Just before so the Great having, Depression. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's having a great time and then yeah. it hits the Depression. So that's kind of like up to before the Depression happened. Right. I guess. And then um, later on, people started getting a bit bored of that. Well, not bored of it. Um, so... The main like revolution in jazz, what took like swing and blues and that kind of like big band kind of music yeah. into modern jazz. Well, I say modern jazz, sort of bebop and mm. the higher developed harmony of jazz was when Charlie Parker came along and he completely redefined the way we play jazz music. So a lot of it right. was sort of based on it kind of technical here, on kind of this kind of based off a triplet quaver, which is sort of sort of humpty tum kind of swing. Right. So I talk about I mean like the rhythm of like quavers. So Charlie Parker sort yeah. of took that back, stripped it down, and made the quavers a lot more even, and right. developed a more intricate way of the harmony. So there's a lot more kind of meandering and contouring within the harmonic line of the thing. Right. Okay. So. Interesting. And he just he influences just about anyone ever. Right. Who says jazz? So that was kind of the revolution. And then from there, it's kind of taken on, you know because he played with Dizzy Gillespie and Dizzy Gillespie like, found Miles Davis and then yeah. Miles Davis is the progression of all jazz yeah. ever. And that's the reason, probably the reason we're still playing jazz today is because yeah. Miles refined it with each era. Yeah, I mean, A Kind of Blue is like, uh, for me anyway, uh, the, the jazz equivalent of like Michael Jackson's Thriller. You know, what, what Thriller was to pop music, uh, A Kind of Blue seems to be to jazz but that, that that's just that's just me and that's because my knowledge no, is totally. super limited totally right though i mean that album yeah kind of the way they approach stuff like because we kind of have to study this stuff um mm. is 
absolute genius. They kind of mess around with like the forms and stuff, and it's kind of I don't know, it kind of takes you somewhere. Like just listening yeah. to that, it's just yeah. like and just letting yourself being immersed in like where they're going, and yeah. it's almost like almost like that kind of expression. Yeah, you know, it's just amazing. And and it's interesting actually because uh, you know uh, you're saying a cartoon kind of got you to. Um got you to jazz and uh a, a cartoon got me to mars davis because i think that was lisa simpson's favorite album right and yeah Simpsons, so she was always like oh but it's the kind of blue i was like huh okay i should probably know what this is and uh because I, I think at that stage i was probably in my late 20s early 30s like, all right let's go check this out i don't know um okay cool yeah i mean that's uh it's interesting uh it's kind of like that is almost like a, a his the history of it almost in a, yeah in a, in a in a in a nutshell sort of thing um but so okay so we've talked like uh, the evolution of jazz itself um as an art form uh just briefly we've touched on that but what i what i do want to go through in this um episode is actually your your music and um more specifically uh Zabian's bounce so what i think let's in terms of the order of the day as it were because you, you know, you you sent me that original file, um, which is just written and performed just by you, uh, yeah. And you know that actually, you the, the weird thing is, and often this happens in um, in any art form I find anyway, is that often you know I've got my personally I've got my first idea, and then I go through a process where I get to a stage, and I do often find myself going back to that original idea like the the you know the, sometimes the first iteration sometimes the second or third iteration out of say 10 or 15 and and end up going with that uh so i always find myself coming back full circle and we kind of did that with this in that the the first literally i think the first version you sent me is the one that i went with because a quality of jazz music uh that i've always loved is the way it was, the sound was captured. So the you know the idea that originally when this stuff was uh, live performances, no perform, no two performances were the same because it was because um, it was it's all mostly improvised. yeah improvised, right? So it's it's got this amazing uh, energy to it and this fluidity and this this sense of um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, or the expression I'm looking for where you know the, the, there's no sense of time it is you are kind of capturing just that moment you know and, and yeah once you've got that moment you'll never get that moment yeah, back the spontaneity again. yeah that's it the spontaneity of it um and when these things were recorded on vinyl and whatnot and you had that sort of static and stuff and the quality of the the first recording you sent me it has that quality or it felt like oh mm. god i could be listening to this on vinyl so what i'm going to do actually uh if it's okay with you is i'm going to play the full version, because I know people have heard it as the intro and the outro to the show, but I'm going to play the full uncut version mm. uh, of that piece. Uh, and and then, if it's okay with you, uh, we can talk about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah? Okay. So, uh, here it is. This is the first, and as it turns out, the final iteration of Xavier's Bounce. Thank you. 
uncut uh, from beginning to end. So, Daniel, mm. tell me about it, my friend. What? Um, first of all, uh, I suppose, uh, before we get into the abstracts of it, uh, tell me the practical side. Like, So, that is just you performing. That's me with a, with a clip, like the worst like backing track in the world, <laughs> which is like every, every jazz. I basically play, there's this app, um, called iReal Pro, which like basically anyone who's learning jazz right now has, and it has a list of like all the chord changes of every like pretty much any jazz standard you want to learn. Right. Um, so that's playing in the background because you can write on it as well. Okay. So it kind of like generates this really tinny kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty pretty poor quality kind of backing. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of does the job. Um, yeah. So that's that, and then I'm just doing it on a on a phone. With a cut mute in my in my room. Okay. And oh wow! Right. Literally, that was that was how that one came about. Because I was just I, I in my head. Yeah. I kind of jammed it because I knew there's this chord progression in jazz mm. called um, the rhythm changes, and it's based off George Gershwin's, mm. who was like incredible, like huge influence on all of jazz. Yeah. Um, he came up with this crazy chord progression that's like quintessential jazz. So it's like so many themes. So as soon as you, because you gave me the brief of like something quirky but classic. Yeah. And as soon as you said that, I was thinking, right, it's got to be a rhythm changes because that sound just works for everything. Yeah. You know, and then I kind of wrote my own tune in terms of the melody over yeah. the top of that. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know you're saying, oh, okay, such and such is sort of the, the, the background thing is poor quality or whatever. But like to me, it sounded perfect, right? Like, so... Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, to me and my, again, it's limited knowledge or whatever, but I thought that uh, just the simple fact that it did sound like it was a vinyl playing that I could hear the, you know, the noise, the dust, as it were, you know, um, yeah. and, it, and it gave it a real earthy sort of feel. And now I'm saying that you actually, you've just recorded it on your phone without any of all this fancy equipment and all that kind of stuff. Kind yeah, of goes... Sorry, go. Yeah. No, I was kind of like, it was literally, the, I sent that as just like a first idea, just to yeah. be like, oh, what do you think? This is kind of the vibe that I was going to go for. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I wasn't, I did, I wasn't intending it really to be like the, the final version of the thing. I was yeah. just like, okay, let me know what you think of this one. Yeah. I will go from there. So, yeah. It's kind of handy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it ended up being, yeah, I mean, like, I just, you know, the thing is that the, 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 the melody is just so, catchy right like uh it's one of those things where i think mean, i listened to it i think after maybe after i want to say after the first listen but probably after the second or third listen realistically uh it was just stuck mm. in my head right so like i just could not get it out of my head and uh even at night you know getting ready for bed and stuff and i've got this song yeah. just playing over and over again and i'm like uh humming it at 
you know, the day job and stuff or just walking down the street. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, so there is something here. And then I know, you know, for a while we sort of pushed to, to get, um, to develop it basically. And yeah, yeah. And then, but I just kept coming back to this uh, one tune. Now, you know, I'm no music director or producer or anything. I do art direction, you know, uh, with a few people when I'm doing graphic design work or, or fine art work or whatever. Um, and, and that, that's quite, you know, that comes quite comfortably. I, the, and there are a lot of similarities, but I think I've got to the stage personally anyway, where once I know what I like, that's kind of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah. how did, how did you feel though? Like when I said, Oh, no, okay. I, I just want to use this version. Um, totally cool. Like, because once I heard it, because I kind of preferred the alternate version mm. because I did it with like the live band and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, when you put it like with the podcast as the intro, yeah, it kind of because of the quality and stuff, and because it's like all that kind of thing, it makes it sound more quirky, and yeah, more kind of classic than having that kind of, you know, but almost yeah, that kind of better quality. Yeah, it kind of makes it, it actually works better yeah rather than having that super polished um super polished quality uh, which you know is is great as well and in a moment we're going to play that alt version so that um people at home as well can do a sort of little comparison but and you know and there's the the this tune is very evident in that alternate you know, I'm using air quotes again. I yeah. keep doing this, man. I keep forgetting. <laughs> People can't see me. Uh, you know, in in that um, alt version, because it, it, it's very much, they are very much the same, but there's, then there's this yeah, fantastic. Yeah, slightly different. Yeah. yeah. But there's, yeah, and there's a very different sort of quality to it. And, and, and I love both of them, which is why, hopefully I'm going to find a use for that second mm. version. But, um, okay, so I tell you what, why don't we, while we're here then, you know, um, just off of the back of the, uh, the final version that we played, the last version, which is the final version. Let's play the version that came later with your band because you do have a band. I mean, you guys played at Arthur and I's wedding and stuff, and you were fantastic. Um, mm. So let you know. Let's let's listen to that version as well.
So that was uh, Xavian's Bounce, the alt version, which came, you know, uh, a lot later in the process. And you can hear that original piece in there a lot, actually. Um, mm. So let's let's talk about this piece, um, how you came to it, how it evolved, um, and maybe, you know, uh, we can do like a comparison maybe. And yeah, so like, tell me, tell me about this version. How did you get to it? Because it's quite, it feels a lot more fluid and goes into some, goes to some really interesting places. Yeah. So we've got, if I can remember rightly, because yeah. it was like it was a year a ago. ago. Yeah. We that. Yeah. I think it's Charlie Hutchinson on drums and I'm pretty sure it's Hamish Knuckles Moore on bass. Okay. Um, so we were just sat in a practice room and like, I think we were just having like a play together and I was like, oh guys, can you like come? Because I want to do the live version. Yeah. And I was like, oh, can you come record this thing for me? I think we did both versions. Okay. But I was like, actually, I want to try. And I said, I want to try this. I think I got into something else. Okay. But I was like, oh, can we try doing it with this different melody and a bit faster? Yeah. So it's a little bit more up and um, a little bit more intricate, but still the same. Yeah. It's basically the same shit. It starts on the same note. So yeah. the original's like, and then this one kind of takes the same thing. It's kind of almost the same phrase, just slightly yeah. different. Yeah. And a bit more technical. But the bridge is exactly the same. Okay. If you can excuse my singing. <laughs> uh, um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I kind of, yeah, I thought, okay, this kind of sounds cool. And then obviously, like, after we play, because in jazz, you kind of have this format where um, you play what we call the head, which is. The tune okay and you play that you play that all the way through and then after that you start taking solos which is where you improvise based on the chord progression right. of the tune um and the great thing about having a live band is is that they can react to what you're doing and like yeah. i've known charlie well, i've known charlie since i've been going to uni but like, i lived with him for a year and um i was in halls together with him yeah so he, he knows my plan and i know his so he can kind of, there's been times on gigs where he's just been able to almost predict what I'm doing and like emphasize right. my sort of line playing. And it's like, it's like these special moments in jazz, yeah. kind of called hookups. And you can, hear, you can hear them in like loads of recordings, but it's like when you've been playing with someone for a while, they just know what you're going to do. And sometimes there's like these, these little magical moments where everyone just hits the same thing at the same time completely spontaneously. And it's kind of like, that's like what you live for as a yeah. jazz musician, you know. That's interesting. So how so how important do you think it is then that there is a relationship between the musicians? Like you know, you're saying that you actually spent quite some time uh, before you recorded this with was it Charlie. Um, mm. So is that? Do you think? Uh, yeah. So basically, how important is it to have that relationship? Um, prior to performing together, I think it's it's almost it's not essential mm-hmm. in terms of, because you could play with someone you've never played with before and you can yeah. like really like their playing. However, it helps a massive amount if you play with people who like res- not not just I don't want to yeah respect you and want to play for you. Yeah. So like if you if I'm booking musicians, I I always even if I'm not paying them, I'm buying them a drink. Yeah. It's like I did an orig- I did a gig last night at Oliver's Jazz Bar in Greenwich. Um, yeah. and uh, the first time we played together as as a quartet was on, on the stage so I kind of had these a couple of rehearsals prior 
right. but like I, I had to like those guys was was so helpful to me yeah. because they were just I got on with them all and they were all just really up for it and like if you have a band that's up for it rather than kind of like not into it not bothered yeah they really it really gives the vibe so much more to it like if you play with musicians who want to play with you and have a good time and they're there to really even if they're not getting paid or yeah. like the room's empty if they're playing to have a good time yeah and you're all there for each other it just makes the whole thing so much better because yeah. what i'm striving for when i'm performing is kind of i want to i want to be on firstly i do it because i love it and i want to yeah. have fun yeah and secondly i want to be able to reciprocate that to the audience so you want to generate this relationship if you have relationships with your band that are positive yeah i think like regardless of how into jazz you are or any sort of music yeah the audience can see that yeah. and feel part of it so it's kind of you have that relationship yeah that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I find it's a, it's the same thing when I'm working with, like, say, my film crew, for example, and I and I do keep going back to the same guys. So we all uh, we all know each other. We all um, you know have a relationship, and when we do get together, whilst uh, you know whilst we're all working to a schedule or whatever, and you know we've got to move when we've got to move. I've got a wonderful uh, first and second Mark and uh, Olivia who are constantly on my ass saying we gotta get on man we gotta move we gotta move we gotta mm. move um but it's like there is this fantastic harmony between everybody and uh which is why i keep going back to these guys because they they know exactly what to do and i know that they are there to give me what i want and what i need right um mm. and in the same way yeah it just it's just wonderful harmony but i, I with you guys um with the music and a performance and stuff it sounds at least you know with film i've got time to if something isn't working whatever we can kind of stop go back change whatever but it's so you you guys are so in the moment so how yeah. at what point do you realize like so you're saying last night's gig uh for example um and we're by the way for the uh benefit of the audience listening to this all uh three of you oh no we just lost one okay all two of you um <laughs> it's it's um it's saturday 13th of october so you'll probably listen to this a couple of weeks after we recorded but uh, uh daniel plays these gigs um quite frequently uh look out for them on facebook we'll talk about that in a minute anyway but um so last night's gig you hadn't met these guys before did you say that it was like uh, you had a couple of rehearsals prior but they were no, new i to knew you. i knew all the guys okay but, um the issue is because like we're all busy like yeah, yeah. it's like our fourth year now like we're kind of all pushing like our own projects and kind of mm. it's kind of that time where we kind of got to step out of the education side of it and yeah. start stepping into like right we're doing our own thing now yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's hard to get like everyone together um yeah. so i had like one rehearsal because i was doing a couple of original tunes so yeah these hadn't been played by anyone so there's no recording to oh, go to if I hear okay. it so it was oh. like brand new and it was the first time I was actually putting stuff out that I'd right. kind of, apart from this that I'd written. Okay. I was a bit apprehensive about that. So I had like a trio play with yeah. Hamish again and uh, Charlie Wolfen who's an absolutely incredible pianist. Yeah. And so we went through a couple of the tunes like an hour and a half. But then Charlie was doing the set before. So we had we had another rehearsal on the day right? just before it. But Charlie was doing the set before. So we had to rehearse with the previous band and then head over to do the first set. Right. So we, did, we didn't actually have a chance to rehearse as the whole quartet. 
Okay, I'll so we see. didn't play as the whole the whole band until oh, we got yeah. on stage. So I get you. So basically, I just completely uh, misunderstood that. So uh, <laughs> anybody listening, just forget what I'm saying. In fact, just stop listening to me and uh, just focus on uh, on Daniel's voice. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. So yeah. All right. I understand. Um, so it, it is okay. So in terms of what I was talking about before, I kind of know what I'm getting when I get together with my crew or yeah. if I'm talking to my graphic designers, who I do have actually, I, I have to go to other designers. It's not enough for me to just say, well, I've studied graphic design. I know what I'm doing. You know, I've, I've got people that yeah. I trust and have to go to um, sometimes from time to time. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit different. It is different then. So like, you know, you when you guys get together and you've got some new material or a new project, whatever it is, it's, you don't necessarily know if it's going to work. Whereas I kind of know, all right, I know with these guys, they'll deliver A, B, C, and D, and I know I'll get to somewhere where I need to be. Whereas so it's a bit more, uh, I, well, is risk the right word? Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. But I I obviously know the guys before mm. before I booked them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I booked them for my band, so I've met them all before, and I know what yeah, their yeah. playing's like. Yeah. Um, but it's it's always interesting when you bring an original tune because you have an idea of what it should sound like in your head. Yeah. But those guys have no idea what you're thinking, so you can kind of give them a general vibe, but they might take it someplace completely different. Right. So, okay. yeah. but that can be a really beautiful and organic thing. Yeah. So, it can. You, I, I would say like I'm the prime writer for that stuff. Right. But those guys make make it music. You know, yeah. so I kind of I have this idea. I have the chord progressions. I say this is kind of how I want it to sound, and then like you'll sit in a practice room, and then they'll say, "Yeah, like, I like this," but you thought about doing this, and you think, "Oh man, like why?" <laughs> you know, and suddenly you're like, "Oh god!" So it's almost like I think with any like jazz competition with a band, yeah, you're some. Yeah, I would jazz kind of has been described as spontaneous composition as well. Yeah, because you're basically reworking the framework. Mm. of a tune into your own interpretation of it when you're soloing so having a band to feed back to is always really helpful yeah so you know and if they enjoy playing your music it's even great and it's a good buzz yeah okay um yeah okay cool uh so let's see what else can we talk about um because the podcast is about film but being a special episode, um, there's not there aren't many uh, links that I can think of to go to in terms of film. I mean, jazz music. When we're talking about film, mm. and um, and I, and I think of jazz, I do often think about uh, noir film, sort of. Um, and and how they I feel like there's a relationship um, a relationship there you know that old school gumshoe thing and you've got like uh, you know and you'll have some jazz piece or, or those instruments playing um, have you okay so how, this is going to be a random question and you're probably going to be like uh, no and that will be the end of that have you ever sort of um, have you actually ever scored anything have you ever done anything to uh, moving image have you ever thought about doing anything to moving image um not particularly i mean i know i know people who 
kind of um uh, my mate John Sims is working with um he's a, he's a composer yeah and he kind of works with he's he's got this placement in London at the moment so he's working with some guys they're working on some like BBC shows and stuff yeah and he was describing oh wow okay so yeah he was describing to me how they kind of work here and how they've got all these names and they've got to try and match it up and write for the image that's moving and try and yeah get those things going so I don't I haven't personally done that because okay um I wouldn't say I'm a composer really I would sure. say I'm a writer okay but so I'm, what is the difference but I mean because to, to Mr. Lehman over here um to compose something to write yeah can you can you talk a little bit about that as well like what what is the yeah I mean like it? because when I write music I write kind of like a theme mm. and chords and then the band kind of do the rest and I kind of have a groove or something but yeah. a composer so from that well from the writing perspective that's kind of like you kind of do all that your your band kind of feeds back and it's more like right. it's more of a basis and a framework while a composer yeah. in my opinion anyway has all the intricate details down like they've worked everything out down to the finest detail you know right okay you know mozart isn't like having you do like a rip roaring like trumpet scream solo over his <laughs> stuff right he's yeah. he's he's got like a pimp like everything down to the perfect yeah. degree you know so yeah. it's kind of that kind of difference i think is the is the, okay. it's not right, the refinery of it yeah but not to say anyone's like more valuable than the other Sure. Because they're both different and like some jazz compositions are absolutely incredible in their own way. Yeah. But I think it's more to do with how the players interpret it and how they use it. While the composition is definitely the composer's credit. Yeah. You know. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, that. I guess that does, uh, that makes sense. It's a bit like um, if you've got an illustrator doing the key art for a poster or something or a book cover and then you've got the graphic designer who then takes all of those elements and actually you know works on all the the leading on you know uh, mm. on all the, the the intricate details in the font the spacing how you actually compose the image on the page and so i guess it's the same sounds like it's the same difference yeah yeah Cool. Okay. Uh, and Daniel, um, before we, this has been great, by the way. So uh, before we sign off, um, tell me what's up and coming. Okay. Well, um, for Daniel Gray, for Daniel Gray, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get an album or an EP out sort of Oh wow! by the end of this academic year. Oh, incredible. So I'm going to work on, so this kind of, this gig yesterday was sort of the first step yeah. towards that. That was the first time I was sort of playing original tunes in, in a public space. Oh, wow. And, like, fortunately, a lot, a lot of people came down because it can be sometimes, like, those gigs, like, no, like you're in, like, a bar on a weekday and no one's there, mm. but, like, the place was packed and it was great. It was a great vibe. Yeah. So that's kind of inspired me to kind of do that. So I'm going to work on a lot more writing, uh, try and get a band up and running. Yeah. And hopefully in the next, if not by the end of this year, certainly by the end of next year, we'll have something going. Oh wow! Okay. So I'll be I'll be posting gigs and stuff and trying to get my own stuff under my own name out rather than being sort of doing other people's things. Yeah, yeah, oh, that, that's incredible, man. It makes it makes sense. Um, and ha where can people uh, keep up to date on this stuff? Do you? I know not everybody is all into social media, even though it seems like the world is social media mad. Um, how can people keep up to date on this stuff? Do you have like a page or anything like that? 
I think your your best bet is to I haven't I've really got off on the on the online presence and such yet. Mm. You know, I have a Wix site, but then you've got to like spend like about fifty quid before anyone can find it. <laughs> yeah. You know those things. So I'm gonna try and get all that sorted. But mainly, like, if you keep up to date on Facebook mm. uh, or Instagram or anything like that, uh, under Daniel Gray. Yeah, and I'll have like I'll start once I get the band like sort of finalised of who I want in it. I'll have yeah. a separate page for that. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, if you're just in Southeast London, you're and you walk into any some place in Peckham or Greenwich or <laughs> okay. Deptford, you'll, yeah. you'll find someone, either me or someone I know. Playing some jazz. That is fantastic. Okay, so what I'll do is, um, yeah, uh, I'll keep, I'll keep people posted on our screening room page as well. So as soon as uh, you're good to go, I'll slap it on there and be like, go see this man and give him all your money. <laughs> Beautiful. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Daniel. Thank you so much, man. Um, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh no worries. Thanks for having me. Before um, we sign off, I'm going to, well, actually, we're going to sign off, but I'm going to play the final version of um, Xavier's Bounce, the final, not final. The final first version. Final first version. First final version. Thank you very much, Daniel. No worries. Cheers, buddy. Thank you.